Welcome to The Short-Term Show, the show about short-term rentals and long-term wealth, with real property owners hosting real properties who are crushing it in the vacation and short-term rental space. And here's your host, Avery Carl. Did you know that we're officially back in a buyer's market? That's right. Even though interest rates continue to rise, they are causing prices to fall. So there's finally room for you to do regular real estate investor things that we couldn't do for so long, like gasp, negotiate, make lower offers, ask for sellers to cover some of your closing costs. So it's a really great time to buy in terms of being able to get a lower purchase price and being able to negotiate. So if you're looking for your first or next short-term rental, it's a perfect time to reach out to us at the short-term shop. Let our team of agents in any of our true vacation market destinations help you find the perfect investment. Jump on over to the shorttermshop.com and click get connected to get started. We are brokered by eXp Realty. See y'all over there. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Short Term Show. Today we have Jeremy Worden with B&B Calc. I know you guys love calculators and analyzing and all kinds of things like that. So I'm bringing you more content around that kind of thing. Analysis, it's the hardest part of short-term rentals in my opinion. Uh, so anyway, without further ado, I'll let Jeremy introduce himself. How's it going, Jeremy? I'm doing well, Avery. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the short-term rental space. Yeah, totally. So I actually got into the short-term rental space through boat rentals uh, initially back in 2020. So I, I graduated college in 2019 and I was working for a small finance startup in New York City. And then March of 2020 hit, the world changed. My salary was actually cut. Uh, very to like, you know, an amount that I just could not live in New York city anymore and afford my rent and food and all the, all that New York has to offer. So I had to pack up my bags, move back home. And I was really like, at the time I was like, I got to start a business. Like I can't, you know, I can't have someone be able just to like text me on a moment's notice that my salary's just been chopped. Uh, I've got to take control of my life and my destiny. And I was kind of looking for some signs of what I should do. And I actually was watching the Ozarks on Netflix, which if you guys aren't familiar with the show, it's about uh, this guy, Marty Bird and his family who set up a uh, bunch of businesses at a lake in the Missouri called Lake of the Ozarks. And there was a lake that I had grown up going to about 45 minutes, an hour away from uh, my home in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and just kind of came to an idea of, hey, maybe I start a, a boat rental business at this lake. Uh, like, I just think, you know, it'd be a COVID friendly activity and it's something, you know, that I, that I could do. So bought a boat, didn't really know much about it and started renting it out, uh, bought a $5,600 pontoon boat. And with the first week it got rented for like two grand for a week. And I was like, holy crap, I might, might be onto something here. And actually that, whoops, sorry, I live in New York city and that's someone ringing the door. Uh, but actually, someone who rented the boat was staying at a lake house, like was staying at an Airbnb for that week. So kind of got the idea of maybe can incorporate Airbnbs in, in the boat somehow and started talking to homeowners on the lake who owned 
different lake houses and would manage, you know, through conversation and being the boat rental guy started being the Airbnb and house rental guy on that specific lake. So started managing houses, uh, started actually doing Airbnb arbitrage early. Some homeowners just wanted fixed monthly rent. Some wanted, you know, to be able to go to the house whenever they wanted to. So I was just kind of offering my services and being very flexible uh, to work with these homeowners and be able to Airbnb out their properties. Was like, holy crap, these houses are making a lot of money too. Definitely onto something here as well. And uh, I want to, I actually wanted to own houses. So started raising money, did not have, I was 23 years old at this time. I tried to apply for a mortgage, got rejected. They weren't, I literally had only had a credit card for a very short period of time. So with no credit has, credit history, no bank was willing to give me money. So I had to be very creative, raise money. And in, by doing so, I had to like show investors the returns of properties. And I had to show banks the returns. And that's kind of how I ended up getting into BNB Calc and, and building that out was really just like needing to be able to A, run the numbers on a lot of properties, B, needing to show, you know, an investment, not just like do it internally, but also like send it to other people. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's where the software came to be. So a couple of years later, I have 25 Airbnb listings across pretty much every Airbnb strategy, bought homes, managed homes, arbitrage homes and apartments. And I have an Airstream camper that I have up on Airbnb. I also have a seven boat boat rental business and now have a software startup that's just helping people a run the numbers on short-term rental opportunities as well as share, you know, share the numbers, share the opportunities with co-investors, banks, friends, you name it. So, sorry if that, that was very long-winded. Uh, <laughs> hope I hope I was concise. Yeah, I love all of it. I mean, I also binged Ozark during the COVID <laughs> shutdowns, but it did not launch any businesses for me. But uh, I do love that show. I love to do the, in all of her team meetings, uh, the Ruth quote where she goes, I don't know shit about fuck. And that's, I always quote that in our team meetings, but I don't know something. Anyway, that was, that was um, perfect for me at the beginning. Starting <laughs> out, I didn't know shit about fuck either. I just, yeah. <laughs> and it just became an explicit podcast. So, um, so I want to hear about the boat rentals. So what platform do you use to rent boats out? Did you, were you having to like do direct bookings sort of and, and build your own website or is there a site like an Airbnb or something for boats? Yeah. So initially, uh, when I only had one boat and it was kind of like my MVP test, I used this website called Boat Setter. And the reason I used them is because they had a peer-to-peer -peer insurance pro uh, insurance policy, kind of like how Airbnb has AirCover. They had their own insurance policy. Uh, so at that time, you know, I rented it out and they took like a 40-50% fee, which you know, very happy that they gave me that option to test. But at that point, I'm like, all right, I can't have 50% of each booking going away. And that's when I scaled the business to three boats. And that was the amount that I needed to get a commercial insurance policy. And then I built my own website and web application and started taking bookings through it. Okay. And so do you still have, do you have all pontoon boats or do you have other types of boats? Have you mixed in like the houseboat thing? Yeah, strictly pontoons. We did have one, what we called like a fishing boat, but ended up just getting rid of that one. We only do pontoons, four stroke pontoons. And why is that? Is the fishing boat like harder to maintain? Yeah. So first of all, it was a two stroke, uh, which at the time I didn't know anything about the yeah, whole four stroke. I have stroke. no idea what that means. So you're going to have to explain it to me like I'm five. I don't know. What yeah. It was, essentially you need to like mix the oil and gas for a two oh. stroke. 
Uh, you could have like an automatic. So essentially, you want to make everything similar, like Airbnb, like user friendly. You know, you want to dummy down everything possible. So if we have guests filling up the gas in a boat, we don't want to say, hey, make sure you're doing the appropriate ratio of gas and oil. So that that was the main reason for that boat. But also, it's just like, I mean, people pulling up to docks, you know, pontoon boats, they're, they're flush. They're flush with the dock. You know, it's easy. Fishing boats, you know, are a little, a little bit. Pontoon boats are just very little fr- user friendly, in my opinion, like the safest uh, boat. And obviously, you know, at this point, safety and, you know, risk aversion is the number one thing for me. So while a, a sick wakeboard boat could command, definitely command a premium, to me, it's just that risk. Uh, the risk trade-off isn't there. Uh, maybe, maybe at first it it would have been, but not anymore, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. There's a, a place around here called Crab Island where people always rent. I live in Destin, uh, where people rent boats and take them out there. And it's just out in the middle of the bay. It's not an actual Island, but it's only, you know, three feet deep and really clear and people go out there and party. And there's like a floating taco place and all, all kinds of things wow. anyway. <laughs> but Every time I'm out there, I am so nervous because there are all these people, including me. Like, I remember my dad running these pontoon boats and I've never seen him drive a boat. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're doing. That person has no idea what they're doing. None of us have any idea what we're doing. We're all out here together, hopefully not like running over each other and chopping each other up with these boats. So that's what I think about the entire time that I'm out there. So I can definitely see why you would be worried about going for anything like leveling up from the pontoon boats. I get it. Yeah. And I've definitely, don't get me wrong. We've had, we've had, you know, obviously there's, you know, I say we rented that first boat out for $2,000 that first week, but like we definitely had our, our stories of the not so, not so good times as well. (laughs) Yeah, People like to get hammered on boats. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I could give you stories all day, but yes, that is one people boating and alcohol are definitely synonymous. All right. So I guess we'll, we'll leave that one alone for now. All right. So you've, you've done all kinds of, of short-term rental related management, arbitrage owning. Do you own any right now? I noticed you said you're back in, in New York city. So I want to hear how that, how you ended up from back home, back to New York after after COVID and what you're doing now, besides BNB Calc, like how does that, how does that work? Cause it's expensive to live in New York still. Oh yeah. not for sure. For sure. And I, yeah, first literally when I left New York is out of necessity, I could not afford it. You know, my rent was $2,000 a month. I was making $2,500 a month that math, you know, also have to pay for food and, and whatnot. Um, and if you want, if you, people joke is like, if you leave your apartment in New York, like a hundred bucks is gone. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. that's true. There, there's no lie there. So yeah. So initially, again, I started kind of with like low cost entryways into short-term rentals, which for me was boats, co-hosting and air, and arbitrage. Those are like the ways I got into the game. And what that allowed for me was a cash flow. You know, the boats were making their money back at that time. I do want to, when people talk about the boats, everyone starts thinking, oh, maybe I start a boat rental business. I'll be like, guys, 2020, I'm not going to lie. It was like insane time for boat rentals. Like 2022, 2023 is not the same. Uh, but that being said, started with like low cash ways to get in and started producing, you know, a good, good bit of cash. And from there was like, all right, I, I have this, I have the proof that this isn't a fad, like short-term rentals is legit and I want to buy properties. I mean, for me, the long-term goal is not, you know, renting or managing it's to actually own real estate. And I tried initially to get a loan for myself for a house and did not work. The bank like laughed at me. So what I did was I had to leverage other people's money and other people's financing to start buying properties. 
and have to this point purchased eight properties. So I'm an, I'm a partner in eight different houses that I, you know, I'm a co-owner of. Uh, I actually put an offer in yesterday on a house that will be the first property that I will take on only by myself. Uh, knock on wood, they haven't accepted the offer yet. We're TBD on that one, but this next one I buy will be the first property, you know, being in this game for three years will be the first time I personally purchase a property. Well, congratulations. That's a big, big milestone. Thank you. No, trust me. I've, I've been waiting. <laughs> are they all in the same market? No. So we are, so our properties are in North Carolina and Florida. Uh, I helped my brother buy two in Colorado as well that I'm like a little bit involved with. But for me, the ones I'm mostly involved with are North Carolina, Florida. However, within North Carolina, we're in like five different markets of North Carolina. Are they vacation markets? Are they metro markets? What are they? Yeah, t- all, all of the above. So yeah, we have lake houses, beach houses, mountain houses, houses in the triangle, houses in the triad. So really all over the place. Oh, okay, cool. Um, all right. So let's let's talk about BNB Calc. So high level, what's that? Yeah, so BNB Calc really, I mean, just like the mission or goal initially was like, hey, I run the numbers on so many deals and properties. Like again, when I started out, did not start with much. So for me, every deal had to be a home run. Like if if I didn't hit a home run, I wouldn't be able to do another one. So I had to literally look at 30, 40, 50 deals probably every day to really find ones that were just going to absolutely crush it. And I, at the time, initially I used a spreadsheet and I would, you know, I couldn't do it from my phone. I had to literally wait until I was on the computer because I don't know if you guys have anyone has ever tried using a spreadsheet on their phone, but it's one of the most unpleasant experiences possible. So I had to you know, make sure I was sitting down. And then what I would do is I'd have to have three screens open so I could copy and paste, you know, AirDNA data. I could copy and paste tax information. Um, like literally just had to go back and forth and copy and paste. And, you know, I studied computer science in school. I've built web applications in the past. Like I was like, I know this could be, this experience could be a lot better. I could take something that might take me five minutes to analyze a property down to like 30 seconds. And that's, that's what it BNB Calc is. It's running the numbers on more properties, quicker, better, faster, and then sharing. And I, I'd say the sharing component is really important because if you're raising money for deals, you send someone an Excel spreadsheet, you've got to like hop on a Zoom with them and like, all right, explain how this all works. Like walk, walk me through this. You send them a BNB Calc, pro forma financial analysis. They don't ask you questions. Like they, go, they open it on their phone. They, can, they get an idea. But initially did it for myself and my business partners. And then eventually was like, you know, we could probably open this up to other people and see who rips it. And that's where we are. And a lot of folk are are using it. Hey guys, hope you are enjoying this week's episode of the short term show. We are loving it. We are loving interviewing all these guests for you guys. And we hope you're getting a lot of value out of it. And we just, we really love you guys. We love you so much that we have created a community just for you. We have a Facebook group specifically for short-term rental investors, and there are tons of great posts every day, sharing best practices, learning new things from other short-term rental investors. And we would love to see you over there. The name of the group is the same name as my book, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Head over and join the conversation. We look forward to seeing you over there. Thanks, guys. 
Hopefully you guys are finding all of these short-term show episodes to be really helpful. We certainly hope that you are, but maybe you have more questions and you just want to be able to ask an expert a certain question here and there. Well, we have at the short-term shop open office hours on Zoom every Thursday and you can sign up for free. So if you head over to strquestions.com, you can sign up to hop on and we will answer any questions that you have on short-term rental investing. Again, it's every Thursday and you can sign up at strquestions.com. Okay. So what, how does this work really? Um, are we looking at actual data of like rental data of the properties? Or are we just plugging, are we plugging in numbers? So tell me a little bit about that. Like how, I guess, compare and contrast to some of the other products on the market. We don't have to name names, but some of them, you know, they work pretty similarly. So let's do that. Yeah. So we use the other products on the market. Okay. Um, we, so top line, I mean, so with BNB Calc, you can run analysis on a property for buying it or for rental arbitrage. So renting and re-renting. For buying, you know, there's data on the internet about tax information. There's data about, you know, bedroom count, bathroom count, uh, home price. So with us, you can just copy a share link from Zillow. So if a house is for sale on Zillow or on the MLS, then it will then also be on Zillow. You can just copy the Zillow share link, paste it into BNB Calc, and it'll populate a lot of relevant information. Like, like I said, that bedroom count, bathroom count, square footage, uh, also populates the AirDNA revenue estimate. Uh, we have it in there also to give, sometimes it'll show comps. So comps will show up on the screen uh, and then we'll make it really easy for you to do a total pro forma financial analysis, meaning, you know, get a revenue estimate from AirDNA based off, you know, the sleep count, bedroom, bathroom. Uh, as well as come up with your operating expense and mortgage like estimates. So you're allowed to essentially put in your own financing information as a preset. So let's say you know you have a pre-approval for you know twenty percent down, six point five percent mortgage. You can then put it as a preset in there. So every time you run the numbers, it's automatically in there uh, for your situation. So it's just it's it's user friendly in the sense where users can put in relevant information for themselves but also you're pulling from all the best and like data providers out there uh, to just as quickly and concisely get a, get a picture of what this investment will look like. Okay. That's awesome. And I know there's definitely a need for that and being able to share it and, and all that um, because there's a, a lot of spreadsheets out there getting passed around, but like you said, that's really hard to use, especially on your phone. And you have to like, you know, take two fingers and like, get all the way around. You can't see everything you need to see on your phone. So totally get it. And also, uh, I mean, if you're going to do a spreadsheet, you have to also export charts. You know, you have to go in there, you have to drag on it, you have to click whatever the chart tool and come out with like, you have to, you have to manually create like, you know, charts and graphics. Automatically, you know, we use different APIs for visualization purposes. So we give you an idea of not only, you know, cash flow. But also like, you know, appreciation. If appreciation is at 3%, what does that look like? If, you know, principal pay down, how does that contribute to your overall investment? You know, every month you're paying down the mortgage. So it's just like, it's very dynamic and very visual. Okay, yeah. So principal pay down, that's definitely, I think, a point of argument when it comes to analysis. So a lot of people are like, cash on cash return, that's it. That's all I care about, nothing else. And that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm kind of that way myself. Uh, but you know, the 
the principal pay down and potential appreciation are not really included in that number. So those are kind of extra benefits that you don't want to necessarily buy for that. I think you still want to look at cash on cash return first, but it's nice to be able to see in an analysis, being able to add those things in just to see, okay, these are also the other benefits besides just purely the cash flow. Um, so I think that's really interesting that you've you've put that in there. Yeah. And, and it gives you like for total ROI purposes. So yeah, we have cash on cash return as one of our key performance indicators. Uh, we have total ROI, which within total ROI, you can include appreciation if you want to. If you don't want to, totally fine. Just uncheck it. You can include principal pay down if you want to. You know, it's up to the user to decide what they want to or not want to include, uh, which I think is really neat to like, you know, we're not telling you, you know, this is exactly how you have to think about anything. We're just we're just giving it to you and allowing you a quick and easy way to, you know, run the numbers and visualize. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, so let's, I want to hear your perspective on this. What do you think is the, the benchmark cash on cash return in your opinion to buy a property? Yeah. So I really, so, I mean, I personally, like I'm conservative with my estimates, but if you look across our portfolio, we've like, we generally knock it out of the park. Like, you know, if I projected a 25% cash on cash return, we might do 60. Uh, and that's because I try to be very, very conservative with my estimates. So at this point, like I'll be frank, like early on, I was definitely like, we need to estimate a 25% cash on cash return in order to do a deal. But like, I guess I've just had a track record at this point of like, you know, just like estimating one thing and just ending up doing a lot better. Uh, obviously, when I do a deal, I like think there's upside, but there's no way to quantify the upside because there's no exact property in that market that's going to be exactly what you're going to do. Like, you know, a lot of times I bought in markets where, you know, there's not as much competition. I mean, I know like the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge, like, sure, you probably you're going to have a pretty, pretty good idea of how you're going to do because there's just like so many properties and so many, you know, if you do Scottsdale, Arizona, same, like there's just so many good properties. But in a lot of markets I'm doing, like we're we're the only good one. <laughs> so like uh, there's there's not you know we end up doing a lot better. So that being said, like I don't give an exact cash on cash return. I would say I look at cap rates more now because like it's you know interest rates are going up and down so much that like you know you, the way I, I see it is like date the rate, marry the home, you know. Uh, so I'm not if I look at cash on if I get fixated on cash on cash return, like you know if interest rates are seven percent one day, then I'm gonna be like oh crap. The next day they go down to 6.2%. You know, I don't like to think of it that way. I like to think of it, I'm buying a specific house and I'm turning it into an absolute, you know, experience cash flow machine. And regardless of interest rates, if I do it, it'll be a great long-term investment. I think that's really realistic, like real world advice. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because they want to run the numbers, you know, 1500 ways to Sunday. And you need to, by the way, you need to be doing that, especially if you're new, you need to be running those numbers constantly. So you understand the way things work and, and what you need when you're new. But there does come a point where when you get kind of experienced where you're like, you can kind of look at something. If you're in a new market, you can enemy method a little bit and see, okay, well, you know, there's maybe there's not as many rentals that are on Airbnb or Verbo or something that we can actually measure in this market. But, you know, here's like four or five pretty nice ones. 
and they're doing X, Y, and Z wrong that I know I'm going to do right because of my experience. So I think I can make X and it becomes a little bit more of something that you just kind of do in your head than like a spreadsheet thing. And I know, you know, that's not what people want to hear. They want to hear a step-by-step. This is exactly how you do these numbers every time, but it does get hard to quantify, especially once you get I mean, it's hard to quantify in the beginning, but especially once you get good at it and experienced and you know what you're able to do with a property versus what's out there, you just kind of can eyeball it. And I know that sounds so crazy and I'm going to (laughs) get, I'm going to get some messages about this, but I'm not, I'm, you guys, you 1000%, everybody who's listening, you need to be running your numbers backwards and forwards a thousand times. Don't eyeball things just because I said that, that I'm at a point in my career where I do that now, but, um, Yeah, I agree with that. And also looking for, not necessarily looking for the property that's already doing that benchmark 20%, 25%, 30%, whatever it is, uh, but looking for the opportunity of a property that at its current income might not be doing that, but the opportunity is there for you to be able to improve it to where you can get it to 40, 50, whatever that number is. Uh, I think that we're we're definitely in a world now where you are more having to look for the opportunities than what the property is doing right now out there on the market. Yeah, and I think it's honestly ironic, and I'm not trying to shoot myself in the foot as someone who <laughs> has a calculator tool out there. I'd say what's important is just understanding the variables, you know, because like most people, like when I've talked to people, like, hey, how did you? What made you think this was like a good investment? They went, and I not to shoot you in the foot or anything. They say, Oh, my realtor, you know, told me this was a good area. I'm like, that's, that's like the, maybe like that's, that's 50% of people. Like when they bought an Airbnb, that was like all the research they did. And I'm like, did you have any idea of, you know, the rent, the expenses that go into this, like exactly what they are? Did you, did you line item? And like, they're like, no, we didn't do any of that. We just, you know, one qualitative point, you know, informed our decision, which to me, it's like, I need to understand, does this house have, you know, do I need to get uh, you know, do I need to, am I paying $200 a month for city water or is there a well, you know, like what are the variables here and having a full picture of the revenue and expense items. And yeah, the revenue is the one thing that you can, you can do a lot better than, you know, a revenue projection, but the expenses you can actually calculate, you know, the expenses, you should have a very, very good idea of what they are. And, you know, if this house has solar panels, you're going to save $500 a month on electricity in the desert in California, you know, like that's just, so I would say I do calculate the expenses and I have, I do have a revenue of like, I need to hit this revenue to get, yeah, 15, for example, the house I'm under contract on, like conservatively based off the comps, it should do like a 15% cash on cash return. However, I'm like, you know, air, you know, the comps are saying 80, I'm gonna do 125. Like, I'm just, I'm going to do it. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'm gonna do 125. I'm not going to put that in my model. I'm going to put 80 in my model. And it's going to give me that 15%. But like, I've done this a bunch of times. Like I know in my head what I need to do to this property to make it, you know, totally blow the projections out the water. But that being said, I know the expenses, like no reason you shouldn't know the expenses. Yeah. Yeah. And you always have to be conservative. So I want new people who are listening to this to understand, uh, don't do what Jeremy and I are saying to do, uh, (laughs) or saying that we do, uh, because you don't have the experience yet to know, okay, I am going to be able to improve the income of the comps by X amount. Um, you guys don't know that yet. So, you know, use the enemy method, use 
the data and calculation tools that are available to you, because there's a lot of them now, uh, lots of data sources. You've got BNB Calc. We didn't have that when I started. Um, I sound like such an old lady now. And you also need an agent who is experienced in short-term rentals in your market. So like you said, just because an agent says, oh, this is a good area is not a reason to buy a property. You know, like here at the beach, agents who don't necessarily understand the investment side of things will say, you have to be beachfront on the sand. It's, this is going to rent like crazy. And it will, but, you know, maybe it'll make $500,000, $600,000 a year, but it's going to cost you over $10 million to get it. And that's not a good investment. So there, a lot of times they're either only looking at one part of things or just because a property is in a zone that allows short-term rentals doesn't mean that that's a good property to buy. So you really have to have all of the pieces of the puzzle to put together to make sure that you're making the best investment. Exactly. I agree that. Having a yeah, realtor who knows what they're talking about in terms specific to short-term rentals is very important because any realtor you talk to is going to say they know short-term rentals, but they don't, you know? So you got, you got to talk to someone like Avery or one of the you know folks she works with who actually, you know, they, they not only do they get it conceptually, they actually know the ins and outs. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right. Anything else that you want to cover about BNB Calc that I haven't asked? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would just say, well, first of all, run the, however you are going to run the numbers, do it. I'm not going to tell you, you know, you need to use BNB Calc. Like it is, if you want the quickest, most efficient way to do it and the way that I do it, you know, someone who's, you know, has 25 listings that pulling them over a million a year and, you know, certain degree of success and have went full time at 26, then, then do it that way. You know, I give demos on how to do it. So should make it pretty easy for you, but you need to do what, I don't care if you do it on a napkin, like understand the variables that go into this investment. Yeah. And use all of the tools, like use all the calculators, use all the data. You're going to start to find the way that you like to analyze, but definitely check out everything. Uh, I, I wish we would have had some of this stuff when I started. I know now you guys are probably feeling the people who are starting now may be a little overwhelmed because there's so much content and so much data out there, but it really is amazing uh, just the way the industry has grown over the past three or four years that now there's all these awesome tools for you to, it, there's always going to be, here's the the caveat of all of this, analyzing short-term rentals, you're you're going to have to get comfortable. It's always going to be a range of numbers. You're going to be able to do probably between this and this. It's never going to be, you will do exactly this. It's not, you know, a long-term apartment building where everything fits into a spreadsheet perfectly. The numbers are always going to be a little fuzzy. The numbers are always going to depend a lot on a, a number of variables, but specifically on you and how you manage it. So no matter how much data and how many calculators and, and all these wonderful tools that we have now, just know it's always going to be a range that you have to be comfortable with. And I've had clients before say, I don't want a range. I want a number. And I'm like, well, go buy an apartment building and do long-term because yeah. that's, you have to just, there's no way around it. You have to be comfortable with it being a range. Yeah. Um, and, and what I say is like two people can buy the same house and have completely different results. You know, like I could buy a house and some person who's just starting doing this, the house and you know, I could outperform them 50% or I, maybe they outperform me 30%, you know, somehow they, they really go off on design. They furnish it, you know, maybe with higher end furniture than I do and they manage it better. Like they can beat me, 
you know? So it's, it's not the thing that's, I think that's the thing that's cool, but also is like frightening uh, about short-term rentals is that there is a degree of it. That's not an exact science, you know, cause it is hospitality, you know, and you are creating an experience. So how do you quantify an experience? You can't, how do you quantify the way someone looks, feels when they look at your photos? You know, you can't, you can have best practices, you know, you can try different things and compare and contrast across your portfolio, but ultimately you just got to do it and, and work hard and the effort you put in, you know, your inputs might define your outputs, which is great. I love that. Like the better I do, the harder I work at these properties versus like you said, a long-term apartment building where it's like, Oh, I'm going to wait till someone's lease ends. And then I'm going to kick them out and have someone who comes in and pays $200 more, which is the market rate. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's a totally different ball game. But if that's what you're built for, then, then go for that. If you're for the unknown and for like, I'm going to work hard and make this awesome, then this is the game for you. Based on what you said, or back to what you said about two people buying the same property, I actually, there's uh, our VP of sales at the short-term shop, Julie. She has two identical brand new constructions that she custom built next door to each other. Everything's identical, same view, same house. And one of them is year to date. I think last time we talked about it, it was March. So from January to March, it was like $25,000 ahead of the other one and wow. managed by the same person, owned by the same person, identical. So I don't know if it's got something to do with like the algorithm, like whichever one got kind of booked first, got boosted a little. I don't know exactly what it is, but great example. You can own the same two properties next door to each other and they will do a little bit different just depending on on some things. So you just have to be okay with that, with that range. But okay, Jeremy, we are towards the end of the show. So we have three questions that we ask all of our guests. And the first one is what advice would you give 20 year old Jeremy? Yeah. So 20 year old Jeremy, which was Jeremy six years ago. I, sorry. It took me a second to remember my age. Uh, <laughs> I'm not old enough for that yet. So yeah, 20 year old Jeremy, I was a sophomore in college. Actually that was, so I grew up like playing sports and I played junior varsity basketball at UNC and when that essentially when I did not make the varsity team, that was really like for me to kick in the butt of like, I've got to, you know, start my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, actually at that time I got rejected from every internship I applied to, including the company my dad had worked for my entire life. So <laughs> actually I don't really feel like it was a decision as much of like, I got to do, I got to make my own path here. So, but I would, that being said, what I would tell myself at that time is just, it's actually a really good question. Um, I would say that just, you know, go, I mean, kind of what I did to be honest, but like, yeah, it dude, sounds like go, you kind of didn't need any advice. You just did it. <laughs> yeah. Just go for it, man. Like, <laughs> just like whatever. Like, I mean, initially at that age, I started building websites for clients and like, that's kind of helped lead that. Plus my short-term rental investing has led me to BNB Calc, but I started, you know, building websites for people like, and I just, I didn't really know how to do it. And figured it out. So I would just say, whatever you want to do, just don't get analysis paralysis or think about, you know, 30 years from now, you know, this decision I made today is going to totally affect 30 years from now. Cause I think that's what people do. They're like, Oh, if I start down this path right now, then, you know, 20 years from now, I'm going to be totally in the wrong place. Nah, you can pivot. You can switch your path. Like just, just do it. Just go for something, make it happen. Great advice. And what advice would you give a new short-term rental investor or host who's looking to get started today? Yeah, I would say 
Um, definitely design is more important than ever. Uh, you know, yeah, I do think, and this is like kind of a concept that, uh, the conference, you know, two or three years ago, you could throw a porta potty up on Airbnb and people would probably pay you to stay in it today. You've got to be good at it. So for a new folk, you know, don't think this is, you know, this is something it's great. And I love that the inputs define the outputs. And what I mean is like the work ethic, you know, the attention to detail, the thoughts you put in to creating a great experience define cash going into your pocket every month. So just be excited for the process because it's it's fun. Short-term rentals are fun. Like they're a fun business. I've, I've done several businesses and they're definitely the most fun. Um, but yeah, be excited for the process. Also great advice. And last question, a little bit more fun. What is your favorite book that's impacted your mindset? What is my favorite book? So I'm like weird where, I mean, I'm sure like everybody goes rich dad, poor dad here. I'm assuming that's probably the... A lot of people do. Not always. We had somebody say Harry Potter one time. Gotcha. Okay. Because I'm someone like, like rich dad, poor dad. I read five pages and I was like, I get the idea. <laughs> like, I don't need to read the rest of this. Like I, I get the concept, you know, buy assets that cash flow don't buy liability. Sure. Um, yeah. So in terms of a specific books, I mean, I liked reading fiction as a child. Um, you know, I liked reading about, you know, people going to space and and doing crazy things. And I would just, yeah, I just, I just say, you know, think, I mean, I love Elon Musk and, you know, as crazy as he is, he's trying to do some crazy stuff. And, you know, I would hope that 20, 30 years from now I can be doing some crazy things. <laughs> so yeah, I like, I liked fiction. I don't have a specific book, uh, maybe Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, something like that, but okay, just think, All right. I think can outside. See that. <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, if people want to learn more about BNB Calc, follow you on all the social medias and uh, maybe sign up, how do they do that? Yeah, so my personal social media at Jeremy Worden, I'm active on Instagram and TikTok. And I have, you know, I've been documenting the last few years uh, of my journey and, you know, have a, built a pretty cool following. Uh, based off that. So I'm excited, you know, if you want to see what I'm doing now, Jeremy Warden, or you can go through and, you know, see the last few years and, and kind of how I've built what I've built. Uh, but yeah, Jeremy Warden, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and then bnbcalc.com uh, for, for, it's just a website, just bnbcalc, BNB, like Airbnb, calc, like calculator.com. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on and we'll have to do it again sometime. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, looking looking forward to seeing everything and, and staying tuned with, with this podcast. And you've also had some other awesome people on here. So look forward to listening to more of them. Awesome. Thank you so much.